Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here on a Thursday. As the week continues to roll on, the off-season continues to roll on, and today's episode is going to be brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. As I have been over the last little period here, I'm going to continue to roll through some of the suggestions I'm getting from listeners in regards to potential free agent targets. Going to bring up a couple of those names that have been mentioned today. Uh, I'm not going to give away who I'm going to talk about. One of them, I I could be accused of being a little bit biased. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to say there could be some accusations out there that suggest I have a biased nature to my uh, love of this player. Let's just say that. To kick things off, though, I think one of the most fascinating conversations I've seen since the end of the NBA Finals has been just based around where the game is headed. And this has mostly come because now people are looking at the Los Angeles Lakers and saying, well, if you're going to win an NBA championship, you might have to roll through this team. Now, I will say, and I have said on this podcast, clearly what we saw from LeBron James in the postseason this year gives you the indication that he's got at least a couple of years of contending left, and I would agree with that. Although I will say that, you know, having a three-month-off period right before the postseason certainly suited a guy that's 35 years old to get himself in incredible shape. And we know almost no one works harder on their body and their recovery uh, than LeBron James. So I think that he, without question, benefited from the three months off and was able to play to such a high level. Would he have been able to do that if they rolled straight through? I'm not 100% sure because I do remember before the season shutdown, we were discussing potentially, is LeBron going a bit too hard here? Is he working a little bit too hard prior to what is going to be a long postseason run for the Lakers? So I guess that's all up in the air. But this mostly for mine has come from the fact that Anthony Davis has played at the five for the Lakers. Now, Again, we're going to tie this in, and this is going to be a sort of a continual theme as we continue to look at how the Bucs can change their roster. Do they go and play small? How do they maximize Giannis, particularly in playoff situations? We've spoke about the limitations that the roster has created with guys like Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez uh, that the Bucs acquired. So uh, I'll get back to that in a little bit, but let's focus on the Lakers for now. Game six. Anthony Davis starts at the five. Finally, 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 they relented on starting either Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee and just went with Anthony Davis. And I've said this on yesterday's part, I think small ball Anthony Davis at the five is not really a thing. It's not actually small ball. It's Anthony Davis we're talking about here. But what he is, is a complete matchup nightmare. And just looking at the lineup data for the Lakers from the playoffs, Really their ideal lineup that they would go to 
and, and they went to down the stretch in certain situations when they really needed to get things going. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Danny Green, Markeith Morris, and Catavius Colwell Pope. Those that lineup played together in seven games only, which is kind of hard to believe. Thirty-nine minutes, which over the course of the playoffs uh, was their sixth most used lineup. The lineups above them, uh, four of those included. Uh, sorry, three of those included a big man there, whether it was Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee. So they were pretty consistently willing to try the big man. Again, some matchups, particularly you know, the Rockets, for instance, that would have made some sets. They were able to just be too physical and too big. When it came down to the crunch, Anthony Davis at the five was the winning matchup because it just presents so many challenges for the opposition. An offensive rating of 119.7 for that lineup. Defensive rating 78.2 for a net rating of 41.5 with Anthony Davis at the five. Who would have thought? The other interesting thing to note with that lineup, no real point guard. Obviously, when you've got LeBron James, you don't necessarily need it. He's doing basically all the playmaking there and they can throw the ball to Anthony Davis a little bit. And that's why, you know, again, as we will on this show, we'll tie everything back to the Bucs. Giannis at the five, he can do a bit of playmaking. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Chris Milton's a guy that can handle the ball a little bit, get his own shot. If you can get an, another a guard, whether it's a, a true point guard or another guy that can create off the dribble a little bit, that lineup that the Lakers run out just show you that you don't need to have an Eric Bledsoe or necessarily a George Hill in the lineup if you have a Giannis who can playmake a little bit, Chris who can playmake, and a third guy. So uh, that's interesting to note. But to get back to the Bucs, to get an idea of how little they used Giannis at center or how little he has been used at center across the course of his career, I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through five-man lineup data for the Bucks that included Giannis and not one of the Lopez brothers. I had to keep going and going and going. And the most used lineup, five-man lineup, only played 10 minutes together. For the entire season, that was Ersan Ulyasova, George Hill, Giannis, Pat Connaughton, and Dante DiVincenzo. Ten minutes together. They had a defensive rating of 64 point, uh, 65.4 in that time. So obviously that's pretty impressive. But, you know, what can we take from that ten-minute span? I have no idea who that was against. What was the situation? So we can't read a lot into it. But it does just go to show you that they just didn't use him there a lot. According to Cleaning the Glass, Giannis played 11% of his minutes at the five this year. Uh, that was up from 4% in 2018-19 and 4% in 17-18. And he's really not played any more than that across the course of his career. So as much as we've sat here, and I know before me on this podcast, Frank's been talking about it for years. I know before then, Eric has been talking about it for years. I know everyone in the media box has been talking about it. I know fans have been talking about it. And despite it looking like in the modern game in 2020, potentially the point of the Bucks' most dangerous defense and most versatile offense, the Bucks just haven't gone to it. Now, again, we understand why that might be the case when you do have a Brook Lopez in the, on the roster who's been such a fantastic piece for this team. But the numbers don't really lie. In those 11% of his 1,904 minutes this season, 11% of those were at the center position, as I pointed out. The Bucs scored 116 points per possession, so the offense was fantastic. Brilliant, you could say. The defensive rating, 98.5, 
uh, absolutely outstanding. The Bucks net rating plus 17.5 with Giannis at the five. It was plus 13.8 with Giannis at the four. Now, clearly that the sample size is, is so humongous. I'm, it doesn't automatically mean that the Bucks are better or would have been better this year not having Brook Lopez and playing Giannis at the five. But it just goes just does go to show you in the time that they've given it a chance, uh, Giannis has been absolutely fantastic when he's been used as a five. I think defensively, the question marks will be there because I think, as we all know, the Bucks just haven't shown a willingness or an ability, to be quite honest, to try different things defensively. So... If you were going to play Giannis at the five, how are you going to defend? Are you going to switch one through five? You've certainly got the ability to do so. If you've got a guy that can't shoot, are you going to continue to play the same defense and fight above screens? Or with a Jimmy Butler next year, are you going to do what Boston did? Are you going to do what the Lakers did with Anthony Davis and say, okay, Anthony Davis, you can guard Jimmy Butler. You're going to go under every single screen. And if he wants to shoot three-point shots, fine, let's do it. The Bucs wouldn't do that even when Giannis was playing at the five. They seem to stick to the drop coverage, which makes no sense for a guy like Giannis that can actually switch onto guys and suffocate guys on the wing. I do think a problematic issue with Giannis defending wig players is always going to be his ability to stay out of foul trouble. We know over the course of his career, as much as we can criticize Bud and say, well, you should have left him out there in certain situations. As much as we can criticize the officials and say that he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt on anything, he he doesn't. I agree with that. This is something that I've been saying for a long, long time. But Giannis himself has to get better at not fouling, particularly giving up silly, frustration fouls. He's been in the league too long now. That has to go. We know he's a passionate player. We know he gets frustrated at the officials. But it it does really affect the way that the Bucs can use him defensively if he's continually getting in foul trouble, uh, particularly when it comes to the postseason because we've spoke about this all season long. Early in the year, he fouled out a couple of games and it's like, well, okay, Giannis is in foul trouble here. This sucks. What are we going to do about this? And a lot of the blame went to the officials. That kind of petered away as the season went on because the games didn't mean that much and the Bucs were up by 20 points almost every single night. But in the postseason... That's when you feel the pressure. If he picks up a second foul, uh, you know it's curtains. If he picks up a second foul, eight minutes to go in the first quarter, it just puts you under extreme pressure for the rest of the game. So, number of things to think about there. With the next couple of players that I mention, after I uh, talk about our sponsors here, you understand the different options that some of the different options the Bucks might have at the five position. But I am going to remind. The listeners about our show sponsor today, rockauto.com, which is the family business that has served auto parts customers online for 20 plus years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now, write locked on in the how did you hear about us box. They know 
you come from us. That's locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Okay, so I had a number of listeners mention this player and he's been a guy that has been mentioned, I guess, over the course of the last 12 to 24 months because of the circumstances that have arose. And again, uh, like I always say, you can get me at Kane Pittman on Twitter, at LockedOnBucks, LockedOnBucks at gmail.com with any players, ideas, suggestions you have for free agency. But one player that has come up a few times has been Boogie Cousins, Demarcus Cousins. Can you believe that? Demarcus Cousins, a guy that, again, is going to be a free agent. What a remarkable story for him. And I know he's been a player that's been much maligned. I know he's been a player that has had some negative criticism thrown his way. There's no doubt about that. But for Boogie, it's just been a brutal, brutal 12 to 24 months here. We know he had the quad injury. We know he had the Achilles. We know he had the knee. He's 30 years old now. Just turned 30, which is also kind of hard to believe. Uh, birthday on August 13th. So to Boogie Cousins born seven days before I was. It's quite incredible to think about. But he hasn't played a game since 18-19 playoffs. I think one of the interesting things about Boogie Cousins is that he averaged 16.3 points and 8.2 rebounds in just 25 minutes across 30 games to the Warriors. Now, there's no doubt. I mean, when you're playing next to Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, it helps. It helps. You can put some numbers up. There's no doubt about that. But even when he came back from that first injury, he was still looking okay. I think now he's had the quad and the ACL. It's fair to say that Boogie Cousins has probably well and truly played his best basketball and just a dramatic fallout from the injury with the Pelicans. At the time, he was having 25 points and 12 rebounds, shooting 35% from three. I do believe that he is going to go back to the Lakers. Everything that we've heard, everything that we've seen would suggest that that would be the case. But just in a world where Boogie Cousins could be had for the minimum or the mid-level exception that we keep on talking about, would you guys have any interest in him? I probably wouldn't, mostly for the fact that he is just a big body now. Lost a, he would have had to have lost a hell of a lot of mobility. I don't think that there's a lot of value in DeMarcus Cousins right now. He could certainly be a guy that could shoot the three. Maybe you could throw the ball into him in the post a little bit there. But after the last segment where we just spoke about small ball and the way that teams are moving with an Anthony Davis potentially playing the five, a Giannis playing the five, these types of lineups, Boogie Cousins just doesn't strike me coming off all those injuries as a guy that can do anything. And it's truly sad because this guy offensively, was just simply amazing. 22 points, 24 points, 26, 27, 27, 24, 25, all in years in succession. This guy was an absolute monster and unfortunately got stuck in Sacramento far too long and we're never really going to see the best of him, which is probably the sad part of all this. But I wouldn't have a lot of interest in in DeMarcus Cousins for the Bucs. I I don't think that he's going to be a guy that, uh, A, they would look at. I think he'll probably go to Lakers and spend most of his time On the bench, I don't think there's a huge role for him with that team either. I don't see any real avenue to a team paying DeMarcus Cousins an extended, uh, exorbitant contract. Again, I always come back to this team. Maybe the New York Knicks will sit there and say, hey, Boogie, you want $10 million next year? Maybe they would do that. Who knows? But I don't think Boogie 
to the Bucks is going to be something uh, that we would look at here at all. Before I move to the main point of today's podcast, the main point, the part that everyone's going to be really excited about and probably give me the most shit about, let's talk about the best protein, best tasting protein bar on the market. Of course, it's Built Bar. 18 amazing flavors, six brand new flavors with the new and improved bar, caramel brownie, Carrot cake, apple almond crisp, you know the flavors. They've got the 12 originals, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter. I actually just had a peanut butter before I started recording this show. That's why uh, I've got so much energy right now that I can do this show alone. And and I struggle because I've I've just been left out there right now. I'm doing all these solo pods. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying them. But remember, Built Bar, the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy because... They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, the big name for today's show, guys. The name that could be a, a gettable target. Depending on the, what the Bucks do with their roster, there may be a need for this man on the team. He's Australian. He's big. He's got a beard. Giannis has dunked on him about 750,000 times. I'm talking about Aaron Baines, the free agent, big man with the Phoenix Suns. Had a remarkable season this year, actually. Better, career best year. Only played 22 minutes per game. Started 28 of those. The most points he'd averaged over his career before this was 6.6 with the San Antonio Spurs back in 2014. He averaged 11.5 points. He reeled in 5.6 rebounds and shot 35% from three on four attempts per game. If you want those numbers in per 36 fashion, that's 18 points and nine rebounds for bangers banks. Now, he's an unrestricted free agent. I think one of the underestimated losses for the Boston Celtics, everyone talks about, well, they lost Al Horford. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. I thought it was actually Aaron Baines. And Aaron Baines left the Celtics. This was tied up in the, the financial implications of trying to acquire Kemba Walker. But Aaron Baines is tough. He's hard as a cat's head. He shoots the three. He will defend in the rare times that you need to defend a big body. Aaron Baines can do that. There's no doubt about that. Yes, he might get dunked on from time to time. He's a great locker room guy. He's a leader. And he's a guy that has played on winning teams in his past. If there is a need for, a, for the Bucks to pick up a five, depending on what happens with the roster, they could do a lot worse than, than signing Aaron Baines. Now, what situation would Baines actually be required for the Bucks? I've spoken a lot about Brook Lopez and the potential to tie him up in a trade where you can get yourself a big upgrade at the guard position. So just spitballing here, just throwing something out there. If the Bucks were able to acquire Drew Holiday in a trade, and you might sit there and say, well, best case scenario is that you would trade Eric Bledsoe. You know, maybe you need to throw in a Dante, maybe a DJ Wilson, and a couple of first-round picks. We know they have this year's first-round pick, and then the 2025, I believe it is, first-round pick that they, they could do that. So if you can do that and keep Brook Lopez, 
Fantastic. That's great. Good for you. Then you, then Aaron Baines is redundant. You don't need him. But what happens if you could trade for Drew Holiday, but you have to include Brooke Lopez in that trade? So then there is a need for a five because as much as we talk about Giannis playing the five and playing those small ball lineups, you're still going to need a center. You're not going to start Giannis at the five. Aaron Baines is a guy, as I mentioned, 22 minutes per game last season, but throughout his career, he's been a, he's been a role player. 16 minutes for Boston in 19, 18 minutes in 18 for the Celtics there on winning teams. The defensive metrics liked Baines when he was on the floor for the Celtics. So the Bucs would have a really stable presence at center still, a guy that could uh, not provide the rim protection that Brook Lopez had. You're certainly losing something. But in that situation where you got the upgrade at the guard position, could, would you be in a position where you would start Drew Holiday, Wesley Matthews, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Aaron Baines at the five if you could get him for a minimum deal or perhaps the mid-level exception? I don't think it's the worst option. I don't think that that would be a bad idea at all. And I would probably start Aaron Baines ahead of Robin Lopez if you needed a starting five. So I, I think it's intriguing depending on what the Bucks do at the trade table. Again, if Brooke Lopez stays, that's fantastic. Aaron Baines is off the table. But in terms of guys that might be attainable, that would want to play for a winning team, that would understand that they would play a serious role on this team, I think Aaron Baines is a really interesting one for the Bucs. And absolutely, is there a little bit of bias in there? Sure. But if you think that Aaron Baines is just a guy that gets dunked on, then I don't think you've been watching closely enough because Baines has been a really, really solid player. A really solid player. And if, if that was the replacement for Brook when you get the big upgrade at the guard position, I think I'd be down for that. I think I would be fine with that. And I think that that would be a move that would, uh, that would get me excited as a Bucs fan to see that team play next season. So I'll leave that one with you guys. Feel free, please. Feel free, please, to call me out for being a biased Aussie. I will 100% accept that criticism. But I'm going to leave it with you there for now. So give me all the feedback on the small ball lineups that are prevented. Is the, is the game trending towards the bikes needing to? Not having the option to, but needing to play Giannis at the five. And then what do you think about Boogie Cousins or Aaron Baines, depending on what happens with Brooke Lopez? We'll be back tomorrow, though. One more episode to round out the week. As always, appreciate you guys listening. If you don't subscribe already, you should do that. You should give us five stars because the, the five stars is really what gives us the rankings. It puts us up the rankings, and we, uh, we really appreciate that. But for now, uh, for myself, Game Pittman, I'm going to leave it there. You guys stay safe out there. I'll catch you guys tomorrow.